Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing again. Now, before we start today, um, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, I'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three, or fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can even talk to Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be more than happy to help. Now, today, I'm joined by Jeet Banerjee, entrepreneur, mentor. Jeet, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm very, very well. And uh, you're in sunny California, is that correct? Yep, I am which is eight hours behind us. So it's 11 a.m. where you are and 7 p.m. where I am. And I, yep. I have to ask, what's the weather doing? Uh, it's actually really hot. So we've hit that summer peak here in California. I think we're at about like a, a well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit today. That's fine. I'm glad you said Fahrenheit because in case our, our European people thought you, you meant centigrade, which would be extremely hot. Yeah, absolutely. So like you kind of mentioned, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mentor. I'm 25 years old right now. And I really kind of got started with my entrepreneurial journey when I was 17 years old. So I've kind of been at the game for about eight years now. And um, even kind of predating my when I was 17, um, because a lot of people kind of wonder why I got into entrepreneurship or how I got in at such an early age. Mm. So to just kind of share a quick story about that when I was 15 years old. Uh, one day my dad kind of came into my room and he started knocking on my door, uh, one bright early morning and he went to me, he came up to me and he said, Hey, Jeet, I've been thinking, and I think you need to go get a job. I'll pay for the basic necessities such as food, clothing, shelter. But if you want the latest video games or you want to go to the movies with your friends or whatever it may be, all the luxuries, uh, that's on you. Yeah. So as any 15 year old might be, I was pretty frustrated and disappointed. So I went out and I started looking for a variety of different jobs. And between the ages of 15 to 17, I was still in high school. So it was a lot of part-time work, after-school, minimum wage type of jobs, uh, working like 10 to 12 hours a week. And I saw one thing consistently happening. So I held over 12 positions in that two years. And pretty much anything that a 15-year-old will get, so like anything from like tutoring to coaching to door-to-door sales to telemarketing to sweeping floors, all that good stuff. And I kept getting fired or quitting from every single job. 
Why, why was that, Jeet? What were you doing? Yeah, so for me, it was honestly, it felt like the most uh, miserable thing to ever do, like the worst chore that I ever had to do. As soon as I'd get into the job, I'd be watching the clock, and I literally felt like I was imprisoned. Yeah. And I think that feeling of misery uh, working these jobs really just gave me a bad attitude. So like, for example, if my boss told me something and I disagreed with it, I would just kind of like, kind of like act out. Or a lot of the times I would try and express my opinion or I would uh, be like, oh, I don't want to go to work for a week and they wouldn't be okay with it and they'd force me to come. So I'd just be like, okay, I'm quitting. So it was just a lot of like me being disgruntled and me just realizing that, you know what, I'm not meant to work for somebody else or I'm not meant to like be an employee. And I think it took me a good two years before I really figured that out because at some point it came down to the thing like, man, something's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Like, why can't I work 10 hours a week when there are other people working like 50, 60 hours a week for other people? Yeah. Do you think that's a common trait with entrepreneurs that they're, they're unemployable? <laughs> Which is often a self-proclaimed thing, isn't it, from entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a big entrepreneurial uh, characteristic because I mean, when I was 17 years old and I finally realized that something was kind of wrong with me and I went on Google to kind of Google my so-called symptoms of why I couldn't work. <laughs> uh, one of the first videos I came across was from Richard Branson and he talks about how in his early days he felt like he was unemployable and he felt imprisoned. And I never related to a video so much more than I did to that one of Richard Branson's that day. Yeah. And from that point forward, I was like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. I think he's right. I think I need to be an entrepreneur because I know in the closing he goes, uh, if you feel the way that I felt when I first started out, that means that you're born to be an entrepreneur and you're born to work for yourself. Don't ever work for anyone else. And so I, I really think it's an entrepreneurial thing. You know, like uh, if you if you hate working for somebody else so much, that's probably a sign that you need to work for nobody. Yeah. So what was your first venture into entrepreneurship, specifically in the digital world? Yeah, absolutely. So my first company was actually a multimedia agency. It was called JB Media Force. And what we pretty much did at this company was we did web design, web development, creating mobile applications, and doing like video production for uh, small to mid-size uh, uh, businesses. Yeah. And much I, I partnered up with some freelancers overseas in countries like India and the Philippines. And pretty much I became like the marketing front on the U.S. side of things. So really honed in on U.S. clients. And I was kind of the guy doing the project management, the marketing, closing the sales, all that stuff. And then I just outsource all this work to my freelancers, let them take care of it. And then uh, that was kind of the system. So that was the first company that I started in high school when I was 17. So you were 17. Then. What impresses me about that is because very early on, you basically were delegating jobs to, to other people. You mentioned that you were outsourcing to the Philippines and India. A lot of people just don't want to do that. So that's, I'm impressed. What, what was going on in your mind that made you feel that you needed to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a culmination of two things. Uh, one, it was that I just didn't know how to make websites and mobile applications and videos to the extent that my clients needed them done. Yeah. And I really had, I was like thinking about it and I was like, hmm, I could learn to do this, but it's going to take me a couple years. And I've been very, I've always been very impatient. So I was like, no, I need something faster. I need to figure out a way to get these, get this done regardless without me learning it. So the next best, the best option was kind of outsourcing it. Yeah. And then one of the second things for me also was I didn't have time because I was still going to school at the time. So it was really about finding the most efficient and effective way to do this. And that's what, after some due diligence and research, that's what I kind of came up with. That's really impressive. So that was 17. So how long did you have that business for? Yeah, so I had that company till I was 19. So for about two years, uh, I went from just having freelancers to actually having my own offshore uh, office. And I had almost 20 employees at its peak between the US and India. 
And uh, yeah, so I ran that company for about two years, had over 100 plus clients, and then I ended up selling that business for a profit mm. before moving mm. into my next venture at 19 when I was still in college. So what was your next venture after that? Uh, yeah, so my next venture after that was a company called StatFuse, and pretty much what we did with StatFuse was it was an online application that would help high school students get into college. So we would kind of calculate their odds of admission, uh, analyze their college application to tell them strengths and weaknesses, and pretty much we did all the things that a counselor would do at all the univ- or at the local high schools, but just in a virtual and instantaneous manner. Yeah. And since then, you've done a few other things, haven't you? Because I think you sold StatFuse, didn't you? Was it a couple of years ago, 2016, 17? Yeah, absolutely. So in uh, November, towards the end of 2016, November is when I ended up selling StatFuse. Yeah. Uh, and we also were able to sell that uh, company for a profit. And that, that was an awesome uh, journey going through that acquisition process. So yeah, that was some exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I see that you've been doing some, uh, I never think if it's ex-TED or it's TEDx, isn't it? You've been doing some yeah, TEDx yeah. talks. Tell us a bit about those. Yeah, absolutely. So the TEDx talks happened, I believe when I was, I want to say what now, like 20 or 21, somewhere around that range. Right. Um, so, so yeah, pretty much um, where my TEDx talk, uh, ever since I was kind of young, I always had this uh, infatuation with really understanding uh, what makes people kind of tick, like what are people's biggest dreams and uh, why people. And uh, so I always imagined that, you know, if you have a dream, people just go out there and they pursue it. And then as I kind of got older and less naive, I realized that, man, there's so many people that have dreams that really don't go out there and pursue it. Mm. And I almost became obsessed with kind of understanding why, like, what is it that hinders them or stops them? So I really wanted to kind of uh, do a survey, right? So initially, I had no idea what I was going to find. So I just went out and I did a bunch of focus groups. And I just started talking to a bunch of people above the age of 25 and under the age of 25. And I just started asking them really simple questions like, what's your biggest dream, you know? And I'd get answers like, oh, I want to be a professional baseball player or I want to go to the moon or I want to start my own business, whatever it was, you know? And then from there, I'd kind of ask them, oh, hey, so are you doing it already or how's it going? And pretty much the mass majority of people would be like, no, I'm not doing it. And at that point, I really wanted to know why not. So I asked them, hey, why not? Like what's stopping you from doing it? And pretty much the data that I got without kind of spoiling the TED Talk or ruining it uh, was really, really interesting. And so I, after I collected all that data, I was like, man, I need a platform to share this with because the world needs to hear this. So uh, I had the opportunity of doing a TED Talk and I kind of shared the feedback that I got from this uh, interesting case study that I did. That's amazing. I'm afraid I'm going to spoil it because it forms the basis of my next question. Because in your well, the TED talk that I saw you do, and you selected this this uh, sort of age of 25, and you were asking people, you know, those three questions basically. And it's very interesting that the 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 older people, the people that were over 25, felt they were too old, and the people that were under 25 felt they were too, <laughs> too young. Um, what would you say to, because, you know, we have quite a wide range of um, audience here, various ages. We have some quite young people that are perhaps, you know, freelancers of one-man bands and some of them work for companies. And I'm pretty sure we have some older people like me, the ancient one, that listen to this. What would you say to older people that have maybe got a dream to start a business, but they might feel it's a bit too late? Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing that I would tell people is that obviously uh, 
that there's no better time to start than right now, right? And I mean, there's so many studies and so many like individuals that have been very old that have succeeded, you know, like I think one of the biggest names that come to mind is like Colonel Sanders from KFC. Yeah. I believe he was like in his late 50s or 60s when he started KFC. I, I think and, he was in his 60s actually, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he was in his 60s and just boom, look at the amount of success that he was able to achieve. And then you sometimes have people that are like, you know, like 12 or 13 years old that are like, coming up with ridiculous inventions and crazy things like that. So I think the biggest lesson is that age is just a number at the end of the day, right? It's just a numerical value that doesn't determine um, how successful you will be or how, uh, when it's a good time to do something. And I think the biggest thing that I try to tell people that are on the older scale of things is like the biggest uh, regret you'll have is living a life that you don't feel fulfilled with at the end of it all, right? And so whether you're 70 years old or you're 10 years old, if you've got a big dream, just go out there and put it into action. Just see what happens. You know, it never hurts to try. And um, the idea of like what if would literally kill me, right? Like if I was on my deathbed and I was thinking, man, what if I did this and I didn't do it? I think that 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 whole idea would just make me feel really, really upset when it was time to pass. So for me, I always tell people, get all your what ifs answered and just take action and go out there and do it. Now, you mentioned that you you sold uh, at, at least one of your businesses, wasn't it? I think it poss- possibly two of them. Do you think it's um, you have to sort of decide up front that you're going to build a business to sell it? Or do you think it's something you can kind of think about as you go along and maybe change your path as you as you go along? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, honestly speaking, I sold the, out of the two businesses that I sold, there was never like when I first created the business, I never went in with the intention like, Oh man, I'm going to sell this business or that's my end goal. Yeah. Really thought I was going to be with these businesses forever. Like that's really how I built them out. And that's how I really thought of it. And as I went through the journey and I went through the process, so many things happen and you really have to be adaptable, right? Like so many things are going to happen along the way and you just got to be, be willing to adapt and change and open your mindset and be open-minded and brainstorm and all these different types of things. And so pretty much along the way, you know, like for my first company, I was just dissatisfied with what I was doing. I wanted something with more fulfillment. For me, I just felt like it was only about the money. So at that point I said, you know what, I need to find an exit plan for this company Mm. and exit plan was selling that company. And then for staff use, it was like, yeah, we're doing a lot of great things. I was extremely happy with it. And we just got someone that came out out of the woodworks and gave us a really good offer. And at that point, we were torn whether we should sell or whether we should stick with it. And it just became a thinking process of doing what we thought was best. So I think when it comes to selling a business or starting a business, never go in with the intention of selling it, but never also be the person that's completely like closed-minded and they're not willing to look at offers or sell the business or do what's best for themselves or for their careers, whatever the case may be. Now, I have to ask, because this is a, an internet marketing podcast, what were your experiences like in the terms of, of promoting your, your various businesses as you were going along in terms of the, uh, you know, the web side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So my experience was actually really, really great. Like, for example, I'll give you one story. When it came to StatFuse, at the end of it, when we sold our company, we had almost a quarter of a million users, so 250,000 users, yeah. and we never spent a dime on marketing. So we were able to create all these organic – we were able to leverage internet marketing to create all these organic ways to acquire all these users. Mm -hmm. And so that was all done through internet marketing, right? We did zero offline marketing, none of that stuff, and we just created a lot of partnerships and leveraged a lot of like uh, social media, like getting people to share their scores and things like that. And uh, yeah, so internet marketing has been great. Like as I've gone through the journey and I've learned to figure out different things that work, different things that don't work. I think with any business nowadays, whether you're online or offline, uh, you need to be integrating some part of uh, internet marketing 
to be doing really well or to even stay afloat nowadays, I think it's that crucial. Yeah, sure. And were you doing that yourself, Jeet? Or did, did you outsource that to a, like a department or an offshore uh, group of people? Uh, no. So the internet marketing of, uh, part of things, uh, for the most part, like I learned them myself and I really applied a lot of those things myself. And then once uh, I figured out how, how to do them, then I kind of did outsource or I hired employees and taught them how to do it and all that stuff. But for the internet marketing part of things, uh, because it was so crucial to the success of my businesses, I really had to get them down myself and apply it myself. Yeah. Now, for our younger listeners, because we've, we've, we've uh, talked about the older people like me, but what about our younger people? If I mean, you know, a lot of our listeners, I would imagine, are, have got some pretty good ideas. What uh, would be your top sort of tip uh, or takeaway for these young people that are thinking of, you know, making uh, an idea perhaps have had for a while a, a reality? What would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, aside from telling them to just do it, right? I think the biggest uh, biggest thing that I try to tell young people is that young people are always kind of angling for the perfect moment to start a business or to pursue their dreams. And what they don't realize is that the younger you are, the better it is, right? Like I was a blessing that I was 17 years old when I got started because the amount of adult responsibilities I had was so little yeah. that I had opportunity. If I wanted to fail, I could fail. Like it'd be okay, right? I could just go back to school and I had my parents that gave me food and shelter and clothing and I didn't have family and to support and all these adult responsibilities. So I always try to tell people that as life gets, as you get older, life's always going to get tougher. Life never gets really easier. And you're always, you're never going to have the perfect business plan or the perfect circumstances or all the time in the world and all these things. And my biggest thing is if it really matters to you and it's something that you really want to do, then ignore all the excuses and absolutely take action now because perfect doesn't exist and the circumstances will never be perfect. The only thing that you're going to end up doing is procrastinating it until you get to a point where it's going to be too late and you're just going to regret it. So that's my biggest tip for young people is just go out there and do it and figure things out along the way. You know, like when I got started, I had no experience. Uh, I'd only worked minimum wage jobs. I was still in high school, so I didn't even have a degree yet. And I didn't have any money at all. Like I had no bank account. I couldn't even open a PayPal account because I wasn't 18 yet. Yeah. So I, I did it with overcoming all the obstacles and uh, things that were um, in my way, right? So that's the thing that I tell people is most people are probably way farther ahead than I am when I first started. So absolutely, just go out there and do it. Fantastic. So our advice to our younger listeners is just do it. There is no perfect moment to do it. And our advice to our older customers or listeners is just do it. There is no perfect time to do it. <laughs> Gee, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So if listeners want to get connected with me, read my blog or learn about my other projects, the best way to do so is to check out my personal website, which is jeetbanerjee.com, spelled J-E-E-T. B-A-N-E-R-J-E dot com. And I look forward to hearing from your audience. Gee, thanks a lot. And thanks to our listeners for listening. Show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on your favourite um, podcasting app or website. Um, we're always open to suggestions and questions. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Jeet. Yeah, thanks so much. It was a pleasure for me to be on here. Thanks, Jeet. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 